I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This podcast is brought to you by Mental Health. Mental Health are an award-winning mental health organization, the best in Middlesbrough, and they work across the Tees Valley and beyond. Did you know Middlesbrough has the highest suicide rate in England, with 75% of those being men? Together, we can help change that. Mental Health run a number of amazing men-only groups across Teesside called The Speakeasy, which allows you guys to have a cuppa, relax and talk. For more information, please find all their socials at Mental Health, it's M-E-N-T-E-L-L-H-E-A-L-T-H, and it's www.mentalhealth.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Bora Breakdown podcast and today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by a content writer who writes for Fly Me to the Moon, Everything MFC, his own blog smithy, the Bora fan, Mr. Ian Smith. Ian, thank you for coming on. No, thank you for having me, mate. Thanks very much. Uh, so, let's kick off. Um, Rotherham. Oh. Uh, thoughts? Nil-nil, 21,000 there, 65% possession, 49 crosses. Still a bit pissed off at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I read a, an interesting stat last night actually that the uh, the crosses that went in, I think it was uh, 35 crosses in open play, only 20% actually were successful, which kind of tells you where we went wrong last night. Mm, do you think, like, well, the crossing is, was part of the game, and yeah. every time it was hitting the first man, so like that was kind of like point one with 20% of it working, point two. Change in formation, people saying it was still a 3-5-2, and um, I know off mic we just said it was more of like an inverted 4-3-3. Do you think Pulis should have tweaked with the team a little bit? Yes, shot on was obviously forced, but yeah. do you think... Um, I think we could have just gone for a light, for light replacement with McNair, and uh, he's competent enough to play in that right wing-back role. I mean, I know he had a bit of an air last night, didn't he? I think on by all accounts. Um, but before the game, that could have been something that would have would have made more sense to me rather than switching the formation up. I think it's the old adage, isn't it? You don't change a winning team and obviously we have to change one player around but I think the formation change had a little bit to do with last night. Mm. I think obviously we've talked about the crossing already and I think, yeah, we just went, we just went on point and I think Rotherham, um, I think it would be unfair to ignore Rotherham's contributions last night's game. I think they made it hard for us. I think there was a lot of 
complacency from some fans going into the game that we were going to 3-4-0 or whatever um, and I think it's always dangerous to think that way and I'm usually quite a positive guy um, and some will think I'm probably making excuses before a game but I was quite happy to have taken a 1 or a 2-0 um, yeah. you know a tight game three points is three points um, but obviously there's a lot of anger last night because I think they were thinking it was going to be um, yeah a bit more of a, a bit more of a walkover than it actually what well, it didn't turn out to be anything like that in the end did it really so yeah um, the formation change was a massive thing for me I, I don't think it was needed and I think Pulis got that wrong yeah definitely got I don't wrong. think uh, Berthwick should have been in the team either it's Do not no just uh, reason being uh, Fry was the other change as well I know yeah, we, yeah. we didn't pick up on it but I think we shouldn't have changed what we, we set out um, I thought Asambolonga was was fine against Sheffield Wednesday. Yes, the first half was absolutely dreadful, but it was. Um, the second half we kind of had a shot in the arm and we, we got going. I think we probably should have kept it the same. Yeah. What brought Braithwaite on a second half kept him a little bit fresh and kept him fresh for um, for Derby. Um, but also, when I watched the game back, well, I haven't rewatched it back, but when I thought about the game back, it's it seems like we were just going sideways all the time. It wasn't yeah. really. Fluid, it, nothing seemed to drop for us. The old single. It did seem but, quite clunky, didn't it? As yeah. well, I think. Once again, it goes back to how Rotherham played. I think first half, um, they got forward quite a, a little bit, yeah. uh, not massively, but they got forward a little bit, which allowed us the odd opportunity in the box. I mean, I'm thinking of Braithwaite's one-on-one where yeah. I'm not quite sure what he was thinking there. Well, I knew he was thinking, but it really wasn't the uh, the the easiest option out of the two that he should have chose. But um, yeah, the first half. They, they had a tiny bit of a go but I think it's hard to play against a team no matter who it is be it Rotherham or be it West Brom but if yeah. they're going to sit back like they did in the, the second half um, you know they had eight and nine men sat in the box and we were literally camped in their half for yeah. the, for the, it was only towards the last five minutes I think where we were tiring because obviously even though the game wasn't going for us in particular but all that effort of trying to get forward trying to get in the box trying to get the, you could see the legs were going on a lot yeah. of players weren't they? and that's when mistakes started to be made and we could have lost it like the last couple of minutes if it had not been for Randolph brilliant save at the end as well mm-hmm. to tip it over the bar but I think it's difficult you've got to give Rotherham a lot of credit and I, yes. that doesn't absolve us from, obviously from last night I think we were it, it, it's your home games are your games you want to win mm-hmm. um, and then you know against teams such as Rotherham we should be we should be beating them um, so there's no excuses in that but it, there's no denying that it's difficult to play against a team that really doesn't want to play yeah, like they did in the second half. So I thought Rotherham played really well first half. Yeah, they could, have went, they could have went ahead. Yeah, and probably should have went ahead. And then we're we, fantastic Randolph save and all. Yeah, yeah. And then we went up the other end and Berthwaite tried to dink him from when the keep was right in front of him That's for right, Ben yeah. you. So that was frustrating on that element. But Rotherham did deserve the point. They deserve to go back to go back to Yorkshire and the night and just rest. I, mean, I read up, an interesting but, quote we, uh, from the manager Paul Warren before. He said it was. He, was treating the game as a bit of a free hit, yeah. Which um, probably give a bit of a, a false idea of what I expected from them. I mean, obviously they weren't going to come and play all out attack. They would have, would have would have probably battered them. But the term free hit would have said to me that they may have come with a little bit more ambition. But yeah. as I say, you can't. Cri- We've done it plenty of times, gone to away mm-hmm. games, shut up shop, got the one nil or the, or got the draw. So like we did at Leeds, you know, and did the job on them basically. Norwich away, no, yeah. under currently win. That's it. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say anymore. That was <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll probably cry if I start mentioning what Norwich are going to do. Yeah, so I mean, you can't criticise Rotherham for doing that, but I mean, 
it gave uh, the impression before the game that they might have been a little bit more ambitious, but they, they, they did a job on us last night, and it's but that doesn't alter the fact that we didn't have an answer for for what they were putting out there. Yeah, do you think last night kind of showed that our weakness as well in terms of like going forward? I know Pula said that we always get in the right place, but we're not getting the balls in the right areas. Mm. Um, sixteen goals in the league. I think it's the sixth worst so far. Um, worst, old, worst in the top six. Bearing in mind, um, there's three points separating sixth and sixteenth. Yeah. So it's funny or late. Fine margins. Isn't fine it? Mar- yeah, it's actually four points from top to seventeen. Yeah. It's absolute madness. Yeah. Um, but do you think it kind of highlighted where we're weak at? Yeah, it's been. It's, you could say the same. It's been the same now for three and four seasons I mean if it, well, forget the Premier League season but the, mm-hmm. even the two championship seasons that preceded that the one that we got promoted and the playoff one as well um, we've we've struggled goal wise um, you see the regular it was regularly trotted out of the stat a couple of years ago that mm-hmm. out of the top six yeah we'd only scored like you know we were, mm-hmm. we, we, we were the worst in terms of the in terms of the scoring yeah. charts so it's something we're used to and not that we have to get used to that of course but I'd I've said quite a bit this week and got got quite a bit of stick for it, but for me, um, it's a results business at the yeah. moment. And I just think um, promotion is the only aim for us this season. I mean, and, you know, and whether we can do it like Wolves did or like Fulham did, I mean, obviously we haven't got the tools for that. And I just think rather than pine after something we can't have with the players that we've got, you've got to make the best of what you've got. Mm. I think with the manager as well, he obviously you know he's well documented. He likes to play a certain way. Yeah. Um, he's not a Guardiola type manager, and obviously he never will be. Um, but yeah, you're right to point out the fact that the goals is an issue, and, and with the points being so tight in the league, it only takes a couple of where we used to get maybe the odd one nil or two nil here mm. to be reduce to a nil nil here and there, or even a defeat, and the table can change rather quickly. So yeah, he's got a point that we need to take our chances. Um, but I think he's got to do something about that as well. He, we can't. It's all right saying we have forty nine crosses last night. Yeah. But when twenty percent of them might even beat the first one, eighty percent of them might even beat the first one or whatever, then there's definitely something wrong there that needs to be uh, to rectify. So. No, I agree. I agree again. But, but to be honest, Pulis said it all along. He, he said at the start of the season we need wingers, we need yeah. a centre forward. Never materialised and kind of pinned flat now right, yeah. but so, we, it's not like not for trying I think we did try to get the right players in but it just it didn't happen they all yeah. went to Aston Villa so it just disappointed me last night because obviously he bought Hugo Gillon he bought Gisted on yeah. so obviously we've got two strikers who the main aim is, is basically they're good in the air so mm-hmm. they need the ball in the box they need quality and it just yeah, worked so as I was sat there watching it I mean I was stuck on my phone actually because I couldn't have it on the telly unfortunately last night but I was stuck on the phone and then so many times the phone was flying across the room across the sofa because every ball that went in obviously it's knocking the first man or yeah. it was coming in and um, it was the guy at the back there was it was it a JE was it or AJ, yeah. yeah he looked quality last night mm. then and I thought he I thought he did a, he did a job on our strikers last night as well I was going to say be a player to look at but we're not really after centre backs at the minute <laughs> no, we don't need any more <laughs> I know yeah but I think the fans are going to meltdown every minute I know centre backs if the, the thing is with that thought I looked at the bench last night and I thought if things are going south who are you going to put on in terms of like creativity in that midfield there was three there was three defenders on the bench Fry, Batten and um, McQueen McQueen's yeah. technically a wing back he's not more of like a winger um, I just thought to myself like we're not going to change it no. so are we putting all of our money in getting the first goal and then defending it or like, what, like, what else can we do there's, yeah. there's, there's nothing no, much the, the bench the bench no, it's, it's still strong though it's still a very strong bench it's, it's a just, strong bench but it's not, it's not there's not a hell of a lot of variety on there no. No. it's 
So yeah, when you look past the first 11, when it comes to options, it's pretty much like for like. And if you're looking to change a game, um, don't get me wrong, it's great if you want to close a game down, you've, like you say, when you've got the one, you're one nil up or whatever, you want to shut the game down. You've got a light, light replacement on the bench for anyone who's tiring or whatever, and you can just slot them in, and it's mm. it's almost makes no difference to the how the team is working or whatever. It fits in nicely, but we definitely missed a, we're definitely missing a bit of variety, a bit of creativity on the bench. Um, and I'm not quite sure. I think out of the, there's the the three that get mentioned quite a lot in the, there's Wing, there's uh, Tav, and there's Chapman. Uh, Chapman. Um, I definitely think Wing and Tav need to be on there. Yeah. Um, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, also, where's Ashley Fletcher gone? I know. Completely disappeared. <laughs> he lost. I mean, when I say, you know, is he somewhere? We don't know where he is. Yeah, I, d- I just think, I mean, I know Gusted's back, so Gusted is the natural choice for, for Pulis as a backup or even as a mm. first team, depending on how fit he is. Um, but Fletcher's is athletic, he's mobile, he's quick. He's just something different. Something isn't different, he? yeah. I mean, he's still got the height as well, so if you want to play that and you can sort of coach that mm. into him. Um, well, so yeah, he can count himself unfortunately. His stats as well are, are good. Yeah, like his stats are, when he's been playing the cup games, even against Preston, he's still scored, looked sharp. Yeah. Um. So he's definitely worth the shot. It's when we looked at Boris Bench, the analogy of like, you've got a bunch of lions, but you need talent to climb a tree. Yeah. That's exactly what. That's it's a like. very good way of putting it. Yeah. It's just, it's very difficult, but kind of what also highlighted to me as well is that what would happen if we lost Stuart Downing. There'd be nothing. And like if you said that a couple of years ago, you'd be you'd just be like, oh well, I'm not that bothered. But you'd have been laughed out of the park, wouldn't you? If you yeah. thought that Downing was the decisive factor. But like, what would happen now if Downing was to be injured? There's no, there's not. All in, yeah, really, enjoying a game. If he was yeah. definitely enjoying a game, if he was starting to come off and he was injured, then we would look. We'd look pretty um, slack out wide, um, and in terms of creativity and, and getting that ball of the box. That's why I think you need to have. A, at least then have winging in the squad. Um, I think he can count himself terribly unlucky. It is. He's not even really got a look in. Yeah. Um, it's not like he's. I mean, he had that. He was off with the flu, weren't he, for a, a short while? Yeah. Just because he said, obviously, he'd, he'd missed out for that. But then he's never really had a chance to get back in. No, he's not. He's not even really. Give, he's never been given a nod. Um, played for under twenty threes, didn't he? In the checker trade trophy, was it? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So it kind of, if you're winging, that kind of tells you where he sees you at the moment, which I'm a bit baffled by because he obviously yeah. trusted him enough to throw him in uh, late on at Millwall, and then obviously with the Sheffield United game and and the, you know the one or two games that followed after that. But yeah, I mean, who would have thought we'd have been saying that before the season started that we'd be desperate for someone like Lewis Wing playing? Who, uh-huh. you know, it was an unknown quantity, weren't he? Really. Um, so yeah, like you're right. If Downing gets injured during a game, in terms of creativity, we be really struggling I mean I'd stretch it to say that Mel Besic might be an option for creating wise yeah. I mean, he looks like he's, he's, he's busy he likes to get forward mm. but if that's going to be a creative outlet then I think we need to get a little bit worried I think when we're playing um, so yeah we definitely need to have a bit more variety on the bench um, I mean you know forgetting Braithwaite um, he kind of seems to have like he didn't look like his, he looked a bit off the boil last night he looked yeah. a bit shadow of himself and the cynic in me would say that the opening stage of the season he was playing for a move, yeah, didn't get saying. it, didn't get it, and then that's it, sort of thing. He's kind of like his the spark's gone a little bit. Yeah. Um, who knows? Bring it like end of November, early December, you might see him Trouble with, Janu- with yeah. January in mind. Um, but who would want him now? Though that's the thing. He hasn't he hasn't done it in the championship for what like the year he's kind of been here. You now yeah. if you can kind of put it all together. 
hasn't really shown too much. And then he's saying, oh, yeah, I want to go and play in La Liga, I want to go and play in League One. Um, not the actual League One itself, but yeah. League One. But, um, like, I'm not going to be funny, but if you're, if you're a team from, like, in those top divisions, you're going to think, oh, well, if you can't do it in the Championship right, yeah. against Rotherham, yeah. why are we going to spend 10 See, million on you? I don't know what the reasons were behind him not being able to go. Um, who was it? Was it was it Girona, was it, towards the end of the transfer window, where Stuani is? Yeah, it is. I don't know what the reasons were why that never happened whether it was Pulis putting his foot down or uh, maybe terms weren't right or, or whatever but at that point when as soon as I knew the interest was as soon as we knew, knew the interest had broken um, I just wanted him to go not in a negative sense yeah, like in like get out or whatever um, because obviously he's a quality player and if he we saw early on if he turns it on is is exactly what we need but I just thought if your head's not here and it's I think at the minute it's looking like he, it, he's not really on it um, I would have rather we just gone and we banked the cash, yeah. And then yeah, I know it might have been too late to replace, but at the end of the day, since that transfer window, we've not really seen him much anyway. So it's not like mm. we, we've not really, no. we've not really yeah. missed it. We wouldn't have yeah, missed him anyway. You know what I mean? In hindsight, so yeah. Um, so yeah, after after Downing, after Braithwaite, and you, you know a little bit about Bessic, you, we are we are looking a bit thin. You are struggling, and I don't. Like, don't get me wrong like we've put a lot of things blue swing on, on, the, on the page as well we've asked the fans quite a lot of questions yeah. um, in my opinion I don't think Boris should put all the, the chips on no, Lewis def- Wing definitely not and a lot of fans have said put Lewis Wing in put Lewis Wing in isn't that always the case though when the player's not playing it tends yeah. to be he's the, the either he's, it's he's a saviour yeah. yeah he's a saviour or it, it might, just, might just not be him like I said we've heard the, obviously Chapman and Tavernier as well um, it's always the same isn't it the players that aren't playing are the ones that should be playing and mm. um, obviously they they come in and don't hit the ground running and it's like well who else is sat out there who should be playing and that yeah. it always seems to be the easiest thing to go to doesn't it um, that you know players that aren't playing should be the ones that play and they'll make the difference or whatever yeah. but yeah we shouldn't put our eggs all in one basket that's that's right and it's it'd be unfair as well because obviously at this at this level he's relatively inexperienced anyway for his yeah. even for, you know he's twenty three but he's only just come out of non league anti in the last eighteen mm-hmm. months or so so it'd be daft to sort of like I say, go put all the eggs in one basket with yeah. you know, this, on the basis of a few early performances. Even with even with Tavon Chapman as well, it's it's it's, it's, it's the same. It's yeah. like people are saying crying out from yes, I played well in a couple of cup games, but Carroll Cup, no one no one's really playing the best team. And mm. yes, they are probably worth trying. Maybe like the second half, maybe give something different. But putting all the eggs in one basket, nah, not a chance. Um, but compare this Bora team to say. Well, in the modern era, two promotions, 97, 98, mm. and 2015, 2016. Do you think there's enough quality compared to both teams? Now, don't get me wrong, the 97, 98 team were fantastic, and we had yeah. some unbelievable players. That's probably one of the best championship teams. I think the closest, the closest <laughs> stages, the last two or three months of that season, um, Ricard, Alan Armstrong, Marco Branca, we already had Paul Merson, we had Mikel Beck. I mean... If you transported them twenty years on now and they could still play now, oh yeah, it blow away off. Well, blow away all the championship teams, wouldn't it? I suppose, but yeah, um, probably probably going a bit too far back in that sense to con- try and compare too much. But I guess like the principle is still the same to try and get over the line and make sure we're capable of getting in that top two. And I, I want to avoid the playoffs at all costs. Oh, yeah. Really, um, less said about that. I'm not, I'm not quite <laughs> sure I can quite cope with the playoffs. But um, yeah, if we're wanting to get that those coveted top two spots. Um, something uh, you know in of that ilk. You know we need um, firepower, 
but we need also need someone to be able to lay it onto them as well. And um, we were lucky that season to have, I mean, unreal really that we had Paul Merson playing for us. Yeah. Um, I still, I still think to this day it was out of value for money signings that we've had in my era anyway of Sporting Borough, probably the most uh, value for money signing we've ever had, because we wouldn't have been promoted without him anyway. I think that's, I think it's safe to say that if it weren't for him, we would have, we wouldn't have got over the line. I don't think. Um, and then obviously after that promotion season we were in the Premier League for what 12 or 13 seasons mm-hmm. or whatever so I think you couldn't put it all down on one man for what happened after that but the fact that we he got a, he effectively took us up um, yeah but we need a talisman like that we need someone to sort of hang our hat on and say he's going to be one that's going to make the difference and um, a bit of a dirty word around here but Gaston Ramirez yeah he's right in my head <laughs> as well yeah he's the sort of player who um 15-16 season came in and sort of was a shot in the arm weren't he exactly um, and in 14-15 it was uh, to a lesser extent but still made an impact on like Lee Tomlin mm. um, but we already had Yellow Vossen as well didn't we yeah. um, it was a great team like you know yeah. it, it, it's, it's a really good team yeah yeah and obviously it. we had Bamford who was flying as well anyway and, and yeah um, if you break it down and look at those two look at those the 14-15 and the 15-16 and what we've got now then you can see there's, there's an obvious where we're lacking yeah. um, I just hope obviously in January that I'm pretty sure Gibson are back in with, with the funds but just hope that we manage to get those deals over the line because yeah. we, we need it we need it we, yeah. don't want, we, don't, we want to avoid another sort of transfer window yeah. fiasco because um, obviously it didn't end well did it in, in, in August so um, yeah we need it and I think if we don't then we're either going to have to uh, dig into what we've already got and, and bring such as the likes of Tav and, and Chapman back mm-hmm. in there. I don't think he's going to have much choice after that. I think the calls are going to grow too much and he's probably going to have to, at some point, give uh, relent and give them a chance. Um, but maybe at the minute, maybe he's just looking at perhaps not scraping the results, but grinding the results out until January, when then, like yeah. I say, then he can improve and then obviously hopefully January onwards we're going to see a bit of an improvement. Yeah, I see like a lot of tweets and like a lot of people, a lot of fans saying that in the playoffs come January spend big we'll piss it and I like the optimism but a championship it's a lovely theory isn't it yeah yeah. it's a good fact um, so in 2015-2016 season it's kind of the reason why I've asked you this point is we lost seven games against the bottom half um, including Rotherham um, Charlton away and uh, we can't go walked out for a game but touchy subject I don't know. Yeah. but we did lose against those teams but we won against the teams that we needed to win against yeah. the likes of Sheffield United um, you know the, we West drew Brom. West well, Brom West Brom this season obviously yeah. that sort of um, opposition yeah. points against Leeds like teams around us were doing very well against so we you know is it is it I'll probably want to Derby in a second but do you think Derby's an easier game than than what Rotherham was um Ooh. Easier is probably too much of a. Yeah, I probably wouldn't use the word easier. I would probably more of an ideal game. Ideal, yeah. Ideal, definitely. I think because we know the way they're going to play. Um, Frank Lampard's derby, as they're known at the moment. Aren't they? <laughs> um, we know how, but we know obviously how he's been putting his team out this season. They like to play, um, like to get forward quick. Got some mm-hmm. brilliant players in the team. I mean, Mason Mount's obviously been the highlight until yeah. this season. Um, it may well give us an opportunity to, to sort of pick holes where just simply last night there weren't any. Now, as I say, just going back to Rotherham, that's not to say that we should use the fact that Rotherham sat back as an excuse. You know, yeah. and it was a poor performance for us on the whole in, in the end. 
Um, but there's no denying that Derby will come out and play. Um, and they won't be frightened, I don't think, coming. Oh, no. I think he's got them playing really well. Um, I mean, <clears throat> we were just talking about the table, weren't we, off about how tight it was. Um, and looking at Derby, I mean, what, are they six, is it sixth or seventh? Seven, I think. Yeah. I don't know if they've moved down from last night's results. Possibly, but, yeah. Um, um, still. But with how tight it is, you know, if they beat us on Saturday, then they're. Two, I, think, right, I think it's two points behind us, and they'll be like third or fourth or whatever. So they, they'll they'll smell blood and sense an opportunity on Saturday, and they'll know that obviously fans are a bit um, on edge on edge after last night's game, and they'll know that if if things aren't going well in the first 20, 25 minutes, crowd could not necessarily turn, but if it's a bit silent and um, yeah. the atmosphere is a bit stale, then I can see Derby growing into the game and I think that's why we need to get out of them from the word go and I think we'll be able to though because of the way they play yeah I think well if, if I was in Peel's position I'd be given for a kick up the backside just from the last game yeah don't get me wrong like we said before they came to defend and the, they served the point in the end but I do think Derby's more ideal I do yeah. I do think there's you know, a good counteracting team the 7 4 2 3 one, the they're very expansive in how they play so that's we can right, kind of yeah. pick up and how we can probably hold that midfield and then try and kick on. We have to be a bit more aggressive. Um, I kind of feel like I'm like a broken record saying that first goal is always vital, but it is in the championship. It is. If yeah. you get that first goal, I think we will kick on. And I think. Well, it's the stat though, isn't it? That's, that's been um, trodden out quite quite a lot at the minute, and it, but it's quite rightly so as well. It's a good stat. It's, I think it's is it sixty one? Am I am I overdoing it a bit? But is it sixty one games in this league where we've gone in front but and not lost? Um, I think it's 58 is it well right? I think it's 58 but um, I've quickly said because I retweeted it on the page about like two days ago I think yeah. it was when we went ahead um, I know 68 games and counting so Millsbury have not lost a championship game uh, when they have held the lead since March 2015 that's wow. 68 games and counting touch wood and they're not saying anymore um, obviously stats stats are stats the board, and, you know, and um Football gods. Things can all ch- <laughs> yeah, things can all change, but obviously we know how good we are when we go ahead. Mm-hmm. So it like it is vitally important and obviously we get that first goal on Saturday, but how do you think we'll set up? Do you think we'll set up a little I bit different or do you think we'll I'm hoping it goes back to the three the three at the back and the wing backs. Yeah. Um after how McNair played last night, I'm not quite sure how he's gonna approach that. I think it'd be harsh to to hook him straight away, so I think he might get an opportunity again. Okay. Um, because it's not like killing a lad's confidence by hopping him after one yep. average performance so with Shotton um, looking like he might be out for the season I think we're going to have to start looking at obviously alternatives now and, yep. and McNair was brought in for some you know, for decent money and I think he's obviously got high hopes for him um, so he'd be my obvious choice to replace Shotton again on, on Saturday but I would definitely go back to a three um, at the back because I like the look of Fry when he, the way yep. he's able to take the ball out um, I mean, <laughs> once again, it sounds like we we're looking for defenders to help us at the other end of the pitch rather yeah. than there should be. But Fry gets you up the pitch. Um, it's not looking. It, remind, it reminds me a little bit of like how Ferdinand, Rio Ferdinand, used to play. Like okay. to bring the ball out, comfortable on the strong ball. Strong comparison. It is a strong comparison. <laughs> I know it sounds obviously maybe maybe overdoing it a little bit, but in terms of how it looks, I mean, what he's just yeah. it is yeah, he's very assured on the ball, and he gets us up the pitch. Um, and he either you know plays it to a red shirt or he draws a tactical foul and he further up the pitch. I, I would not trust Flint or Ayala to do exactly the same job as that. 
And I just think we look so much better with the three at the back with Fry yeah. able to sort of be the one that comes out. And I, I completely agree with you. Completely yeah. agree with you. I actually prefer Dale Fry to Ayala. Um, I, mean, I see why, yeah. I it's just why. when I watch Ayala play, like I've said this so many times in this podcast, people probably hate me for saying it, but. I can't trust Daniel Ayala. When, when he's he's got a rook in him, hasn't he? He's, he's mm. got a mistake in him. I mean, I thought Flint had to at the start of the season. Mm. He looked a bit shaky, but I think out of the two, yeah, Ayala's the one that's... He can be shaky, but um, I think to, we've got to have a three, and I, and I think that's, that's that's the three we should have. Yeah, Ayala, Flint, Fry. And I think Dale Fry is very, very good, and I think he's better than what Gibson was at his age, definitely. Uh, Interesting. I think I think Ben's like he's good and he's he's got his move to Burnley. Was maybe playing European football, got kicked out. But um, I just think Dale's technically better in terms of like his mindset of the game and how he yeah. watches the game. I think he's a bit more advanced at his age than what Ben Gibson was. Ben Gibson was very fortunate to have Ayo Caranca as a, a Real Madrid coach. Yeah. Fires Tony Tony Pulis, which is has been renowned for having a solid foundation. So. Both had good coaches. I think Crank is probably better defensively wise in terms of like reading the game. I think that's how he improved Ayala and Ben Gibson. Yeah. But Pulis is he's very experienced. He'll give Fry this like a bump up yeah. rather than like I say. But they were both fortunate to have the sort of tuition yeah. that they've obviously had from from the respective coaches. But um, I take your point on Fry, uh, the sort of development at his age compared yeah. to Gibson's. Um, obviously a long time long way to go like, yeah of course four, yeah. Five years um, but no I think you're probably right he, he does look a lot more comfortable mm. at the back like I've just touched on obviously when he's able to bring the ball out I always thought of Ben sometimes a bit like Ayala I suppose he maybe had a bit of a rook in him um, I mean I'm thinking I'm trying to think about I think it was Ipswich last game of the season didn't he it Waggon who robbed him and then he gave a penalty away or uh-huh. yeah, yeah. There's the, there was those sort of things I mean apart from the and this was harsh as well last season when Fry gave the ball away against Norwich at home yeah and, and I, I still felt there was quite a lot of play to go before I think it was Madison that yeah, smashed it ends, over yeah. but Monk hooked him straight away after that and I thought I was inc- and I, I can't think really other than that of a, a mistake that Fry's makes quite um I'm not saying he's not made any mistakes, but t- there's oh. nothing glaring yeah. to me. So I think he's got a maturity that sort of belies his age. And um, I mean, yeah. I think as a football as well, if you make a mistake, you learn from it. And yeah. I think it's in terms of like that's like whole life thing as well. I'm not going whole philosophy style of things, but um, he's definitely learned from that. Yeah. And Monk probably wasn't the best type of manager I have. Um, now we we've definitely seen that because well he got sacked. Um, <laughs> and so yeah. but I'd rather have Pulis and. Uh, Gary Monk anyway but every day of the week so but yeah I think I, he deserves his chance he deserves to be back in the team and I think we should revert back to the three at the back um, in my opinion I think we should do definitely do three five two um, not with wing backs and I'll probably play McQueen over, over friend now people are gonna like <laughs> there's people have George right, friend you'll friend, get the friend brigade out I, know, um, I think McQueen yes his crossing was shite um, but he has legs. He has a bit more legs. I like my wing backs to, on my 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 five midfield. I yeah. want them to bomb on. Yeah. I want them to be athletic. Um, so I prefer McQueen over at that. And I think now hear me out. Would you ever put Martin Braithwaite right wing? Uh, I suggested something similar. Um, and play down in the middle. Last year, someone asked me to pick. Uh, 
think it was just after they were played Sunderland when we beat them one 0 and I was asked to sort of pick what sort of team I would go for going forward, and I'd mentioned Braithwaite in a wider role and it kind of got a bit scoffed at. Yeah. But he had played wide for Toulouse. Yeah. Um, not regularly, but he'd done and it. And he'd done well. it and it, yeah, and he and he'd done it well. Um, not yeah, Talia Bordeaux as well. Yeah, so um, possible. Although I'm more inclined to think that Braithwaite's got that sort of low centre of gravity. Um, yeah. I I would prefer him in the middle of the park, but I can see yeah. where you're going with that. And he is capable of playing wide. Um, but and also, I, mean, I suppose Downing was originally brought in. I think he was accepted. He was accepted to be that reason, weren't he? I mm-hmm. think whether whether Karanka wanted him or not was another matter. I think. Um, but that was the sort of thinking at the time, and he's never really had a chance consistently in that role, yeah. has he? Um, so it would be interesting. And I think obviously just talking about how Braithwaite's probably been a little bit below par. Yeah. It's probably not out of bounds to think that he could be maybe benched, even. Could be. Um, and to allow Downing to have that sort of role yeah. in behind the Samba longer, maybe. But I take your point. I'm a queen. Um, I am a friend fan. I'll be honest. I'm not militant yeah. to the point where I'm blinded by no. the fact that he. I think he is. He's obviously yeah. aging. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily subscribe to the fact that maybe his legs are gone. Cause he still manages to get forward and back. Yeah, quite, yeah. But I think he. The way he plays is. He was just start too long ago. Mm. People know he's got one trick in his box, doesn't he? Oh, legs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's the right arm. What? There we go, legs. <laughs> when it does come off, it's, it's fantastic to see. But if you're a right back and you're getting mugged by that, you're going to have to have a word for yourself. Because obviously he's well. been doing that for two, three seasons now, and it's pretty obvious. But um, So I take your point on friend. And I, the thing is, I think quite highly of, of McQueen over at Southampton as well. Yeah, they do. And they've picked us for a reason. Because they obviously feel that Pulis is a a good coach and we're a good club at you know a, a decent level in championship that um and I think they would be disappointed if he wasn't getting the opportunities and I think he's due it because you remember Jack Stevens we had yeah Jack yeah. that's popped in my head yeah. that when he was hot on it yeah another another classy player I thought I mean he's I don't know if he's really particularly kicked on I think he's featured a fair bit I think, this season I think he's I mean. playing for them now full yeah. Time, yeah so like he was another one who he came in didn't really get a look in did he I think he played in Old Trafford didn't he and that, I think that was game. it yeah, he played sentiment that night yeah and he, he looked quite good to be honest. I mean, so did depending on that look how that worked out <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah so I think really because I think Stevens was recalled in the end because Kuhn at the time weren't particularly pleased that yeah. they weren't really utilising him um, but I, I like Luke McQueen and I like a left footer anyway because um, growing up as a kid I was a, a left winger so I've always had a thing for left footers like yeah. to watch them um, so yeah I, I, he does deserve a chance but it's like at the expense of friend just this minute I, I don't know but I wouldn't be averse to having him in there okay. so if it, I think if he was okay. to swap him over I wouldn't be outraged Yeah. but I still feel like friend has got a little bit more to give okay. before he gets eventually gets hooked I know um, it's coming though I know it's coming it, it is it's like he's on the back nine as like, like a footballer wise he's, he's like it's like a horse trying to get yeah. it's like a horse at the end of its career getting shot in it exactly. like a bit like Ledbetter really so exactly that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like I put tweets out saying I love George, but if you're a football manager and you're kinda of looking towards the future, he's probably not gonna be that just no. um, just um just saying, but I don't think the thing what I should really praise George for is that over the years we've got the likes of like husband and we've always tried to Fabio which yeah. I'm kinda bewildered of be like Fabio go I absolutely love Fabio. You went in the yeah, um but he's Players have came in and he's always kept his place. Yeah. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah. Um, McQueen probably 
one or two. I think this is probably the last year we'll, we'll get the best out of George. I, think, I don't think he's, if we went up, he's, he'll get annihilated. Absolutely yeah. annihilated in the Premier League. See that, he, he did. He did in, when we were back promoted. He got annihilated every week, and it's like I don't think he's been the same player since. No. Since he got promoted, he hasn't been the same player. But it, didn't he? Didn't he suffer one or two injuries as did, well? Yeah. I'm not sure if that sort of um, contributed. Yeah, you do age and stuff. The type of injury he had that like, you do you lose that yard. Yeah. Um, Tyrone I've known from playing that you lose that yard, and you you think in your brain you're like, oh, I can do that, but then you can't physically. Mm. Um, so it's. I can understand where it's coming from, but I do think maybe push him out a little bit. If we were going to, it go, is coming now. So if we're going to go five midfield, um, we did say Brathwaite, but yeah, I know you're Keane McNair. Um, but at three midfield, I'll put down in that camp position. Yeah, and I also play um, Housen and Clayton and drop Bezic. Um, just but I suppose you're going to bring down the inside. You're going to, you, yeah, yeah. So and then I probably have to put. If I'm playing breath on the wing, you know what? Call me crazy. Right. Mm. Put Castell up front with a Um Now, right? Hear me, hear me out. Hear, yeah, me, yeah. hear me out. Hear me out. Don't get me wrong. Gisted, the fuck was that? Uh, <laughs> uh, Gisted, um, when he came on um, against, uh, well, came on the other night um, against Rotherham. We got balls in, he'd give us something different, he was heading the ball down. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it'd be something, just maybe to try as a two up front. Um, now, we said we, we could put Ashley Fletcher in there, Ashley yeah. Fletcher, or we could put John Hugel in there. Probably not. I don't really rate Hugel at the minute, but I feel like that'd be a good option to have. If we're no, we're not. I will wince in more for the reaction, I think, that I think fans... Um, if I was going to play that system, yeah, I think that would yeah. work. But I think, I'm, I'm actually, I, I think fan is probably too big a word but uh, I appreciate what he brings yeah. to the team so yeah I'm, I'm not a, I'm not part of the fan club not mad at it pissed off at it <laughs> <laughs> but um, I can I can imagine many people wincing at the suggestion that maybe starts because I think people immediately think oh well that's it then Gisted's back in Yeah, it's just going to be a bang 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 long balls but um, I appreciate what he brings to the team and as I say you know, like you said last night he was winning balls I think there was a stat going around that um, Borough stats have put out earlier. I think it was yeah, Gustav was the one more shows, didn't he, or something? That was, I think he won on. the more. I think in the fifteen minutes it was on. I think he'd won nine headers or something, or yeah. and that was more than anyone else in the park had won for the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and I suppose if he's six foot odd, you expect that from him. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna knock in forty nine crosses, you may as well have a big man in there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. I, I don't get why people he's banging on about that so much. Like, like so. You didn't have 49 crosses and you didn't score, did you? So, exactly. Um, but you're okay. I put my 3 5 2 in. I put more of like a Randolph, Flint, Ayal, Fry, um, Breath on the right, D- um, McQueen on the left, Housen, Clayton, and Downing, and then Gusted, Asambalonga, and then probably Captain either Clayton or Downing, you know. Something like this, yeah. Um... I'll be honest. When Downing came back, I weren't particular. I've never something about him. I've never quite clicked with. Yeah. But it has. It has grown on me again. Has this year? Yeah. Yeah. From this, especially this season. And it part of me, it would be quite nice to see him given the armband. Although I think the natural selection would be Adam Clayton. I think would probably fit that. Yeah. Quite well. Um, but. Yeah, looking at this, looking at the sort of team you've. Yeah, it's, I think that's too. It's too. 
in Pulis's eyes, I mean, like, for me, it looks it's quite a good setup. Yeah. Pulis's eyes, I think you'd see that's too radical. A, oh yeah. Uh, it's too radical for him. I can't imagine him going um, too much out there. And that to me, that he doesn't look that much of an out there sort of suggestion. Yeah. No. But from the way Pulis likes to play and the players he trusts and that sort mm-hmm. of thing and the positions he plays them in, I'd be very surprised if if that was anything like the lineup on. On oh, Saturday, yeah. which, oh, I don't think it will be. <laughs> which is a shame in a way because sometimes it, at the minute, even though we're top of the league, and I put it out a tweet last night, I was like, you know, I think we've got to have some perspective here that we are top of the league. However, I think maybe at the time is we are screaming out for maybe a little bit of a shake up. Yeah. Just to sort of while we're on top, you know, there's never a, never a better time than to sort of try and yeah. shake things up and keep people on their toes um, whilst things are going good, you know. Um, so maybe it is time to sort of maybe have a bit of a radical change, but I think he'll go. I think he will go back to three, um, but I think it'll be. I think McNair will be the right side uh, friend. Left side, yeah. Yeah, and then I think the three centre backs pick themselves, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously midfield. I think he's probably going to go. I think Housen's undroppable yeah. at the moment. He drives team forward. He's not the most creative. Mm-hmm. But he gets you up the pitch. Yeah. Um, so now you got the three, it's five, yep. And then I'm just trying to make sure I'm not like taking too many players. Clates. Yeah, Clates definitely. I think he's a given. Um, one one in the five. I think to be honest, I'd I'd, def- I'd still go with Bessage. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. I think he's neat and tidy on the ball. He's nimble enough to be able to skip past players. Uh, I touched on it earlier. You know, he has got a creative element in him. Can't rely on it obviously because that would yep. be ridiculous. Because I don't think he, he would should be looked at totally in a, a creative sense. He, but he has got that in him, and he, we have seen him surge into the box. And once I think once you're in the box, anything can happen, then can't mm-hmm. it? And then after that, I think two up top. I, I definitely won't go with Gusted. I think Gusted would be. He's still coming back Bambi. to full fitness as well. Um, I go somber longer. And. I don't know if it's a sentimental guy in me, but I'd, I'd like to see Jordan playing up top. Who'll go? Sean Yeah. Drop down in. Down in sugar. It's hard. As if I've missed that out. Um, no. Scraps the Hugill down in and beyond. Right, yeah. No, I was going to say it. Scrap that, sorry, yeah. Um, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, sorry about that, yeah. Fuck sentimental. <laughs> uh, uh, thing is with Hugill, though, and people have said, like, oh, he's bore a lad, like, yeah, Darwin's Borrowed and all Fry's Borrowed. Like, don't get me wrong, like, just because you're on Borrowed doesn't mean that like, you're great. Like, nope, definitely yeah, like, not. It no. is a sentimental part of thing, but hopefully Hugo kicks on because every time I watch him, like, he's on the floor. So it's like. My dad, my dad commented the other day, um, for a big man, he's on the floor. He's on the floor a hell of a lot. Um, which is not, what I, it's not the sort of thing I was expecting because I think from the stuff I'd seen him at Preston, it was sort of a, a bit of a. I won't go as far as say bruiser, but he he got stuck in, let defenders knew he was there. Yeah. Um, got about, and I think yeah, he's done a lot of caused us problems. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, but he's done he's done a lot of yeah, sitting on the floor and sort of gesticulating towards the officials that he's free kick here, penalty here, or whatever. I think perhaps he needs to stay on his feet a bit more. But I'm desperate for him to. I mean, he got a goal in the in the cup in a couple a month or so back, and yeah. I thought it was. Maybe a bit naive to think he was going to kick on totally from there, but I thought that might be some sort of spark for him, and it's not really worked out, has it? Um, but no, I mean, yeah, can't drop down in. That was a ridiculous. Thought sort of missing him out there. 
Um, but let's let's put things into perspective. Mm. Top the league, absolutely best defense. Yeah. Yes, one has got sixteen goals, but if you win one mil every every game, doesn't matter. You got forty six clean sheets and forty six goals. The drum have been banging all week, and the drum will probably be banging for the rest what? of the season. And it's it's a results business for us this season, yeah. in my opinion. We went from Friday night was uh, I was watching it in, in Leeds, and uh, it was a oh, it's the best Borough team in a while. This like, well drilled, you know. Yes, it was a poor half. Yeah, we got the three points, top of the league, get in there. And then from Tuesday, it was like, this is the worst team we've ever had. Yeah. And then Pulis, how we all. So I was like, Jesus Christ, perspective. Like, yes, I was pissed off at I the I think most Borough fans are like, got a touch of bipolar, aren't they? It's sort yeah. of like, you know, you're one minute you're high, and next minute it's quite a, you know, it's a, a it's quite a low sort of negative um, outlook on things. But yeah, I mean, after the Wednesday game on Friday, I mean, I watched it, I watched the Wednesday game with a good friend of mine who was a Wednesday fan, which so it was quite entertaining. But um, <laughs> it, it was. He were pretty fuming when Tom Lee's cocked up for the second oh, yeah. goal as well. That was beautiful, hilarious. But um, yeah, he's, he because obviously a bit like me, look at the Wednesday forums and that sort of stuff. And they said that it was probably the the correct result. You know, we were the better team on the night. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we were obviously helped out obviously a little bit by Wednesday. Had um, you know, I think I laid it on the plate didn't it, for the second goal. But um, yeah, it was all quite positive, weren't it? And then just goes to show you, doesn't it? How Football can change right. in the space of you know a game, but I don't know. I mean, I think like I say, we need to get a sense of perspective, and it's what I said yesterday that we are top of the league. I mean, that might change tonight. I think West, you know, West Brom home to Derby, aren't they? West Brom home to Derby, um, Leeds at home to Ipswich. So Borough can go third at the mm. worst, which is I think Leeds. I, I, think, I think I think Leeds are due a win. Um, they've had a little bit of a the usual sort of. Um, Meltdown a bit, aren't they, I suppose, uh, after winning the league in September as every year. Um, but I think so. I think they're due a win. I think and Ipswich have looked poor this season, so I think it's probably inevitable at some point that we're going to be shifting down a couple of spots tonight. And I think West Brom at home are a formidable mm. force. And I think Agreed Derby, enough. like we've been talking about Derby earlier, about how they're going to come and probably play against us on Saturday. I think with the firepower that West Brom have got, oh, yeah. I can't see anything other than West Brom in tonight, well, I'll be honest. Scott double on goals yeah. that we scored in the yeah. same game as well. Um, before I move on to like more nostalgia mm. a little bit, would you bring, probably two points, two points actually, one would you bring Adam Reach back as a winger? Yeah, he was linked with Wolves' £7 million move. No. You wouldn't? No. Right. Fair enough. No, yeah. I mean, and that's, not, that's no disrespect to Adam Reach yeah. himself, good player. I just think that it that it's the way that is the way with fans that we harp after something that but, yeah. perhaps we were fussed about at the time. But it's and I, I, I'm not saying he hasn't had a great season so far. I mean, talking to me mate, who was a Wednesday fan. He, he said he's been really good. Yeah, but I, do, I can't help but think that a lot of it is also highlighted more by the goal he's been banging. Which oh, yeah. don't get me wrong, fantastic finishes. <laughs> you know, won't mind a bit that on our side at minute. I, yeah. I understand where the the uh, the calls are coming from, but. I think it's a bit knee jerk to start thinking that Adam Reach might be the answer to. You know, it reminds me of. I'm gonna blast an out here. It reminds me of when. So chef, it reminds me of the Gorn Strachan era, when we used to have time or kink, when we were shite, right? It's like Wednesday, the shite. Yeah. And we would just score worldies every now and again, like Luke Williams was just banging a worldie, and yeah. Tamo King would just pick one from his left bins. That's right. It kind of reminds me like a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I can see, yeah. See yeah. the compar- compar- uh, comparisons like that. 
I think uh, because of the emotional attachment, he was a you know, yeah. obviously he was a youth uh, youth prospect. It came through some in some people's eyes, he didn't really get the opportunities that he should have had. But I think at the time, he wasn't going to get the opportunities yeah. because of the way we were playing and and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Plus, we got good money for him when he left. I believe there might be a sell-on clause in there yeah. as well if it does go on. I think there's some more payment as well. I think it's like really seven or ten million. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Bamford. at the end of the day, you know, he, he's it was a good deal for all round. I'm not quite sure. As I say, I think it's probably a little bit more knee-jerk, and it always seems to be the way, doesn't it? When yeah. I see a former player doing well and um, bring back I mean, Boston. Yeah. <laughs> well, I see Jordan Rhodes banged the goal in last night, so I'm waiting, too, for the, yeah. I'm waiting for that sort of to kick on and start off again. Felt um, sorry for Jordan Rhodes, but I'm not going to go. Me and all, me and all, I was a big fan. So I was going to go on a point, but I completely forgot about it. Actually, no, I started here. Did you know? I know we've been saying about Braithwaite, but. For his games for Millsborough, we've only lost ten percent of games that he's played, really, that's interesting and we've won sixty-five percent of them. Just seen it on Borough Farm before, and um, we put it. But let's go on nostalgia. Okay. What is your favourite Borough memory? Oh, or favourite Borough team? So you mean so uh, not me one to eleven, but the favourite sort of year? Yeah. So we'll, after this, we'll go on to your all-time Borough eleven okay. because I know it's like a tough one. See now we're going to. But what's your favourite memory? I know we've we've been put on the, on the page itself like over. Over the years, people have got like loads of different like comments. We've seen lots of like nineteen sixty, nineteen seventy, yeah. and then we've had all the way up from promotion when Stuani scored. Oh, by the way, I don't, I don't know. I'm just gonna say this because I'm on the mic. That David Newton's pass does not get enough credit for that Stuani goal, where Gaston Ramirez pings it yes, over and he keeps it. In. It, yeah, doesn't get right. enough credit. No, you're right. I know that I've said it. It's and I must admit, I watched that goal many a time, and yeah, it doesn't. Um, yeah, it doesn't get anywhere near as much as the praise it should do, actually. Yeah, you're right. But favourite Borough memory? Um, I've been sporting Borough for 30 years, so I'm sure you can probably imagine there's, there's plenty. Um, in terms of memory, I'm going to have to go for, in terms of my favourite game, I mean, there's obvious ones, Stour, Basel, um, Carling Cup final. That modern um, era. Yeah, and I, I, I would never criticise anyone for obviously choosing those, because don't get me wrong, they are like monumental moments in our history, aren't they? But I also feel like they're probably too easy to go to sometimes. Yeah. I mean, in 30 years, I've seen seen a lot. I would have to say probably my favourite memory would be the last game at Essen Park yeah. for okay. a variety of reasons. I mean, obviously, it pretty much confirmed promotion. Uh, that, that season was special anyway with, with Robson and the whole revolution that kicked yeah. off that year. Um, the whole emotion of the last game at Essen Park, it was a packed out stadium. Um, as a 10-year-old, I think I stood and cried. <laughs> um, which anyone who knows me will know that's not a surprise because I'm quite an emotional chap anyway um, even from a young age but yeah um, I dug out some well my parents dug out some old video uh, the other day uh, we're looking back and my dad because we managed to get um, hospitality suite for that day as well um, so we managed to go down at half time have drinks and that sort of stuff and after the game we got to meet the players and everything oh, class. so in terms of a, a, a rounded memory yeah um, there was that as well and I actually got to go on the pitch when the ground had emptied ah it's class but, <laughs> and to this day and it still really really grates me is that for a football stadium no one could find me a football to kick around and I was on this big pitch all on my own more or less yeah. all the nets were still up as well so you know oh, it was man. like a kid's dream um, and not one person could find me a football to kick around so in the end I had to pretend I had a football and I was up and down up and down but I've <laughs> I stood at the whole gate end doing the old Ernie Slaven business as well <laughs> um, but yeah in terms of favourite memory that would probably have to, for the whole experience and it was closely followed by um, your first Borough game 
Oxford. Yeah, Oxford. I know. I, when I when I put that off, I didn't expect like the response to be that good. But uh, in terms of, like the content we put out, it's where we trying to want to get people to share as much as we want. But yeah. I remember much of the game. I can remember was, like getting thrown on the air like quite like quite a lot. And then yeah. I used to go to school with Alan Armstrong's son. All right, Luke. Yeah, yeah. Billiam, yeah. So it was like that was really it was yeah, there's someone called Matthew as well. So that was really weird. Um, mm. but I used to play cricket with them as well. All right, okay. Which was, and Robbie Musto's son as well. I used to right. play it, so we used to do that. Name dropping that, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's like, a great memory. But I remember, well, I don't remember, but when, when I was born um, in '95, uh, sorry, um, feeling old now. Uh, <laughs> so my dad, when I was born, he took me to Wesson Park up in the joint, the old gates where they were. Yeah, got in, and then he took me on the pitch when I was like, and he's like, right, this is who you're supporting, like that's it. So then from there, and then took it on. But I think you had a similar moment that looked uh, center, center, it? almost like a ceremonial sort of kind of. Baptism. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was, I, I think I was about two or three, and I think my dad handed me a shirt. I think it was the old Heritage Champers um, top uh, from the late eighties, and uh, it was. I can't remember the exact words, but it was probably along the lines of, "This is the shirt you'll be wearing, basically, and this is the team you'll be supporting." Yeah. And, um, it's kind of like, I don't know what, it, what the best way to put it. It's not like a punishment, but it's like kind of like. Um, it's a sentence. It's, it's a life. It's been a life sentence it, in some respects. It's like. You know what? You're supporting these, right? They're going to be decent. You're gonna. It's, gonna, it's like a roller coaster, isn't it? Like what to follow? I think. I, I suppose most fans would think the same about their own team, but mm. I can't think of many other teams that have had in the thirty years that I've been supporting them. The amount of not just, like obviously drama, just the right. ups and downs. That for you know for a team that's pretty humble, really. We right. from, you know we're not we're not a huge team. We're quite a modest sort mm. of um, outfit. Um, we've punched above our weight for so long and yeah just, just the amount of stuff that's happened in that that sort of space of time like people from my dad's era like my dad was my dad can remember the times when we had the uh, you know the gates were closed and, and, and yeah. you know you would never have thought back then that you know once we were saved it was going to catapult and mm. in a relatively short space of time we went from you know got promoted two divisions up and then next week you know early 90s then Robson come along and they all just sort of blew up from there yeah, um, we've kind of been, we've kind of been born into an era where it's we've we've seen so much success. Yeah, and we kind of demand that success That's now because right. we've seen it. Like if we're just reeling off. So from '95, we've been what promoted twice. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, promote no promoted three times since '95. Got to get, uh, 98 promoted. No, it wasn't. That's twice then, isn't it? It was 90, we got promoted in 95, didn't we? Promoted in mm. 97. 95, uh, 90, yeah, 90, yeah. But yeah, three promotions, um, loads of semi finals. We should have really won the FA Cup, but I'm not going to say that. I fucking hate Hesky, sorry. I have to say <laughs> it. I'm, um, um, seeing us lift a trophy, European final, European semi finals, seeing relegations. Garden Strachan era is just one in itself, um, and then that was a period it's just period a complete roller coaster. And I just like, I wouldn't have it any other way though. No, I mean I'd hate to be a Man United fan. See the thing is, I grew up in Doncaster, so like it was an alien concept for in the playground. Fans were like Sheffield Wednesday were big at the time, and Sheffield's quite yeah. local to Doncaster, so there were plenty of Wednesday fans. Um, but then obviously you had your Man United, Liverpool's. Um, Aston Villa were quite big at the time as well in the Premier League so like Aston Villa was oddly one of those um, that used to get quite a bit of attention as well so being a Borough fan yeah. in a playground in Doncaster that was quite a lonely place at times 
and you find yourself having to stick up for your club more often than not because there's obviously a lot of lack of understanding about I mean some obviously like your glory supporters they're all they're, not, they're only interested in the cups of yeah. players or whatever and you know and, and I used to get quite sort of worked up about how people just weren't interested in me yeah. but I'm thinking as it now as an older guy looking back as kids I suppose if I was not a Borough fan I'd have been like well I'm not interested in them yeah. they're a club 100 miles away and they're not they're nobodies yeah. compared to you know what they were but yeah so <clears throat> at times I, I used to feel like it was a bit of a uh, a noose around the neck being a Borough mm-hmm. fan at times because you you just kind of felt like you were constantly having to stick up for them all the time it got to a point though where Mills were like people's second team because yeah. we had like the Ravinelli those, era yeah those like Emerson absolutely and it just but the ridicule I got at school when we got relegated was unbelievable. I mean, I mean, I think part of it was down to the well. fact that we got relegated anyway. It was nice to laugh at me, apparently. But then, obviously, the other bit was the sort of players we had. People just couldn't believe the team we had. The got team relegated. we had got relegated, and yeah. then obviously the, all the stories that we, you know, the players that were lined up had we stayed up. Rebel or Carlos was one. Batistuta was another <laughs> one, which obviously sounds ridiculous now when you look back. But them sort of players were were banded about, and you just think, well, how, what? It could have been a lot different. I think Robson was like, I know when Robson left, I remember being at that game when I was younger and I asked my dad, I was like, why are they booing him? Because like, I remember we at the end where we were walking around the pitch and yeah. we, all, we all walked around the clapping and Robson just got fucking booed out there all, all saying, Venables got clapped. Which is, which is a bang out of order it, as well. We come, they come back and like, Jesus Christ, he did so much, he did that era and then obviously McLaren came in. I remember when McLaren lost the first five games, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we were like, fucking hell, we kind of wish he was back now, but I don't know, I kind of be mistreated. But final point before do you score a prediction for Derby? Um question I always ask everyone that comes on. It's a tough question. I can always get, can always give you three subs as well because I had to give Elliot one because he just couldn't pick an eleven. <laughs> Yusuf struggled, uh you know, Graham just struggled, Graham Bailey struggled. Um but your all time Borough eleven. So it's from the that you watched. Right, okay. I've worked hard on this because uh, you did. You did have your wedding, and yeah, you picked the team, you picked the manager. Yes, I had. Um, I put a few polls out there. I think people probably got a bit bored in the end of incessant polling, but um, I on everyone. <laughs> I, was, I was well into it. I was like, wish I was gone. I got a bit of stick for some of the people that were in there, and um, yeah, in the end, I had wedding tables, and each table was named. I think my my wife probably regretted it afterwards because of some of the names that were in there. She didn't obviously some of them are foreign names, so she was like. How does that even translate? Yeah. Um, who's going to know that? That's just really odd. Um, but yeah, it was my sort of contribution to the wedding, I guess. That uh, it was probably the easiest thing um, was just to name the tables, and I put a poll out there. I did, the poll wasn't a strict poll, so I wasn't going to go with the the people vote if you like. But yeah. it was nice to have a bit of guidance. Um, he, the nostalgic in me would have gone for pairs in that, but I've gone for Schwarzer. Right, Schwarzer in that, yeah, yeah, Schwarzer in that. Um, I'll write this down. What an absolute bargain! Wasn't it like a hundred? Wasn't it like five hundred k for like? No, it was just over a mil. It was about one point two or something. But he'd only been at Bradford for about six months. He'd not been there that long. Um, and yeah, absolute bargain. I think his first game was Stockport semi-final, <laughs> semi-final of the League Cup. I think it was away. Um, and I can remember thinking, "Man, oh, we've got some keeper here, big Aussie, obviously." And mm-hmm. You think of all moments, um, Man City. Uh, Ali Brownlee's famous commentary. Um, yeah, so many memories. Schwartz are just. It was just. It wasn't just reliable. It was just the top class keeper. Do you know what the biggest? We wouldn't have got relegated 
under Southgate if we had a decent keeper. Yeah. We had Ross Temple and Brad Jones for fuck's sake. <laughs> and how did Brad Jones end up carving a career out in the Netherlands as well? Quite a successful career as well, weren't he? Ross Temple's like the most decorated English keeper. <laughs> yeah, which we play a game exactly um, outrageous. But um, yeah, no, you're right. If I think if Southgate had Schwartz that year, we we may have just scraped it. But yeah, Schwartz for me, so many good memories. Um, I mean, he got a lot of stick for that mistake he made in the Carling Cup final. But if it went for him, we would have probably lost that game in the end because the amount of chances game, yeah. that. He's, he basically parried away um, close close up chances as well I mean I think Jokev about three or four yards out Pair France and yeah. Tibbet around the corner yeah Schwarzer for me was in the end it was the logical choice yeah. um, I've gone for uh, traditional sort of 4-4-2 okay um, now right back was is, is the one that We've struggled with right backs, haven't we? A lot of people go for Luke Young on this one. But I can't help thinking that, even though he's good, not taking one anything away from One season wonder though, isn't it? But I can't help thinking he's just an easy choice to go for because of that one season he stood out. And yeah. as as we've said, you know, right back, we've, we really struggle with right backs. Um, I still think about Joseph Farger, actually. <laughs> the white Pele. Um, <laughs> I think, I like Neil Cox. Cox... Um, he got forward, he was attacking, yeah. strong runner, uh, chipped in with the odd goal. However, oh, I mean, right sorry mate, yeah. I felt like I was going straight in from there, but however, I've gone for Curtis Fleming. Okay, right back, right Fleming, because he did right play back. left back. He did, yeah, he could play both, but he's right back. Yeah. Um, good, solid player. Got a lot of unfair stick, I felt, at the time. And he was Mr. Consistent, though. But I think, it. I think he was, it was, it was a bit of a... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Scapegoat at times. But I, don't, I think it's mm. because, he, like you say, he was Mr. Consistent. There was nothing fancy about him. Did his job. But that's what you want. For, that's what you wanted mm. from a right-back at that era. Yeah. I think nowadays, right-backs, you know, full-backs are expected to go game, forward. Yeah. I don't think he would have probably... He wouldn't have prospered in, in today's game in that sort of role, I don't think. Um, although he did get forward, but he, he weren't the bombing forward. Um, I, not in the mould that you would see nowadays, I don't think. Um but he was Mr. Dependable. It's, I, I, it didn't make many mistakes. Um, I just think he was, he was just a natural choice for right back for me. Um, probably a bit of nostalgic in me because um, I, I like to go for people in the past. But um, Fleming, yeah. He was one of them constants. He was there from sort of like early 90s right up to turn of millennium. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like growing up and watching the Borough, it was pretty much like a permanent fixture like every other every other week in the squad and stuff so um, yeah Fleming for me uh, I'm going to go with two centre halves yeah two centre so many centre halves I could have chosen um, I think it's a bit of a taboo and that's why not why I haven't done it but I, I, I had thought about present day players as well but I suppose when you're doing your all time 11 I think it's a bit of a taboo to go oh, for like yeah. for maybe um, current players but um <laughs> Daniel Ayala or Southgate <laughs> or something. Yeah, um, Ben Gibson maybe as well. And, uh, um, did did Elliot put Gibson in his? It did yeah. He did yeah. But it's kind of like more of like from you've kind of who you've seen. Yeah. Who you've kind of well, I've gone for Southgate. Of, I mean, it's standard. Southgate lifted the trophy, or only ever trophy. I can't believe he's doing so well as England manager. I'm chuffering me. Absolutely, absolutely chuffering. Buzzing for him, but I can't believe it. Like, no, no, me one, neither. One career, one job. And, Football, you got your team relegated, and now you got England job. During the summer, I said it a few times to a lot of people that I was probably more chuffed for him. Oh yeah. Than anybody else. 
the team or whatever, or even fans, loads of fans. I was just more chuffed for him to see, because um, obviously, his his talent board was tarnished by the fact that he, he ended like it did and as manager. And I was still I was still quite good actually when he got sacked because we'd just beaten Derby two 0 I think. <laughs> so it seemed like a really strange time to sack a, sack a manager, um, a bit like Monk last year I suppose as well. But so yeah, and because he's such a nice guy as well, it would just seem such a he resonated with the fans, didn't he? I think he connected with mm-hmm. us. Um, but as a player, leader, captain. Um, is he a captain in this team? He will be my captain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which might spark a bit of a debate because his partner is going to be Tony Mowbray. Oh, I'm going to put a poll out tomorrow. <laughs> Mowbray or Southgate? And I think for this, for the but the eras though, it's, it's going to be that era thing all over again. Well, yeah, they're two separate eras, and obviously, he's almost a symbolic figure, isn't he? Well, he is a symbolic figure <laughs> of the of the um, the era, you know that. Where the club almost died, and so yeah, you might get a, <laughs> you might get a bit of outrage there because I've not gone for Mogger as a captain, but he, <laughs> Southgate is more my era. Half and half. I, we'll I, do half and half. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, but um, I, I do, I, I do remember Mowbray, but I was very, very young. Um, so if I'm talking from my experience and a full rounded experience, I could, Southgate had to be my captain. Yeah, uh, left back. back. Bit of a cheat this one because I don't think he was really a left back as such, but Christian Ziga. One season, I can't believe we sold him. I thought he was great as well that one year. Our buzzing when we signed him once again got a thing for left footers. Um, he'd come from he went to Bayern and went to AC. He didn't work out in Milan, did it for him, but couldn't quite believe we got a bargain at four nil. And as well. I mean, absolute wand of a left foot. Um, classy player. Shame he wasn't a classy guy in the end. From if you believe everything you hear, I suppose. Um, but forgetting the way it ended, just that one season we had him, I think we were just so fortunate to have a player of such quality playing for us. And I think, kind of, as I say, it kind of feels like a bit of a cheat to have him at left back because he weren't really a left back, but that was one of the positions he did play. So that's my left back. Um, midfield, <clears throat> I've gone for Stuart Ripley to play on one at wings. He can play on either. Yeah, I'll put him on, on the right. He's competent. Oh, I'll just oh, oh no! I'll put him on the right. Yeah, is um. From what, Sorry, I, from, what I, from what I remember, <laughs> it was pretty much it was pretty much comfortable on both sides. But um, he was my absolute idol growing up. Um, I can still remember meeting him when I was about six. Uh, I think I just sort of clammed up and I, I bright red, shy. He was an absolute idol to me, Stuart mm. Ripley. Um, very underrated, especially when the guests we had on, not many people pick Ripley. So I think perhaps it's it's probably the area is from as well, though. Mm. I guess he, I wouldn't say he gets forgotten, but there's been so many great players after that, so many wonderfully technical players that we've had after that. That I suppose his name doesn't really get mentioned yeah. that often. But I mean, obviously, he went on to win the Premier League, didn't we, Blackburn as well? And a fantastic player, strong runner, uh, both footed, knew where knew where the back of the net was as well. Scored a few screamers. So yeah, Ripley. Uh, in the middle, I've gone for got to have George George Boateng. Absolutely love George. Boateng. I think he's a staple in any one to eleven Borough team. Any eleven. He's he's uh, yeah. Um, I think was it was it um, Elliot who described him as a bit of a uh, Makalele type. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Which might be it might be a bit of a, an outlandish comparison, but the middles was Makalele. For us, yeah, for us, he, he kind of played that role really well. I mean, actually. He was an enforcer, but he wasn't a bad passer of the ball either. And he was a great player. Yeah, he was a great all-round player. 
and once again one of them players you think well I can't actually believe we had him for as long as we had him as well um, so yeah George Boateng and then out on the other side because I'm going to I'll get on to who's in front of Boateng in a minute I think it's going to be an obvious one but I've gone for Johnny Hendry to play on the other wing okay because he could play, he could play wide he could play straight centre forward I can't regret putting Ripley on the right now Sorry, but I'll, I think they're, inter- they're, interchange- just, yeah. they're interchangeable. I mean, half time, switch it. That's exactly interchangeable. Uh, Johnny Entry, yeah, um, fantastic player, fantastic bloke as well. Um, been fortunate enough to meet him a couple of times actually. Uh, in fact, one time actually, I gave him a ball outside the ground because back in the old sort of Ayrson Park era, you used to be able to see players after a game and you build up a bit of rapport with them and stuff and they would talk to you and that. And when we moved to the Riverside, um, some of the older players that sort of transcended the both those eras um, kind of stuck with that sort of mentality whereas the newer players you wouldn't get to catch up for long enough. And he used to come out and still have a chat with fans and he yeah. remembered my family and stuff which was quite nice. And I once gave him a, f- a football before the game and I said to him, would you be able to get it signed for me? And this was the era of Ravinelli and yeah. Giannini and whatever. And all he said to me was, I can't guarantee anything, but I will try my damnedest for you. And he actually came out after the game and looked for me, handed me this ball, and I've still got it to this day. He's got all the signatures on it from the 96, 97 oh, season. So, yeah, I mean, and obviously, because of the season, the players we had that, yeah, fantastic, um, fantastic piece of memorabilia to have that. So, yeah, um, maybe a bit sentimental that one, but also in terms of player, getting back to that, um, only good memories. I mean, the 94, 95 season, him and Paul Wilkinson up top. Um, was a great partnership, uh, and also the fact that he got the two goals at Ayrson Park last, last yeah. game at Ayrson Park. But he was there for I think he left us in '97, I think, in the end. Um, but he was there for you know really, he could have easily been he could have easily lost out when Rawson came in and he started to bring a few names in and whatever. He could have easily, and and eventually he did. Obviously, when the Riverside era came along, but he was vital in that '94 '95 season when we got promoted. And, but yeah, he could play, he could come in from out wide. Um, he was centre forward as well. But yeah, Johnny Hendry. Um, <laughs> obvious, next up, the little man, little fella, yeah. Janino. If he's not on anyone's 11, it's a fucking disgrace. There's something wrong there, isn't there? Yeah. Possibly, well, he is the greatest player we've ever Unless I mean, like, you're interviewing like fans who haven't seen him, so you can't. But I haven't, I've never I, had the chance to. I must admit, I feel sorry for fans who have not, I've not been able to witness him in full flight. I mean... Yeah, um, like he still wasn't his best. Like his best was like in the ninety six, ninety seven. Was the season when when he came back? Oh, not ninety nine, but the one after when he came back two thousand two, yeah. three. Like had that bad injury as well, but it wasn't the same. But he still made magical moments, and that's yeah. what still makes him special. I think, uh, and I don't even think it needs to be explained too well why he's so special. But I think when you got a player drawing a 20,000 crowd for a reserve team game when he played yeah. kind of tells you really what all you need to know doesn't it and I think we must have known it when he came because the um, turnout for when he was unveiled in oh, 95 yeah. um, there was about six or 7,000 fans a bit like what you see now at Real Madrid when they got like some yeah. doing a few kick-ups on the pitch basically when that you could kind of see you could just knew there was something special uh, you know and for, for Bora to be able to entice the Brazilian player of the year <laughs> Just doesn't seem right, but does dirt it? Dirt cheap as well. Wasn't that much? Four point seven five. We paid seven million for Bamford. I don't know. To inflate, Put things into perspective. <laughs> inflated price now. What I'm just saying. Yeah, right? yeah. no, definitely. Gusted cost six. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Janino, too obvious, but still, if you left him out, I think I'd probably have to 
um, handing me shirts and unpacking support in the borough, I think, because that would be ridiculous. So, yeah, um, up top. Top two. Yeah, ooh. You're like a diamond, diamond formation, you won't lose. See, this is, this is a struggle because we've had so many great strikers. I mean, obviously, Ralph. Uh, Basselbank. You changed your mind a little bit. I know you. Ca- I know you came. I'm, I'm, we were I'm hesitating. I'm hesitating. We're off air. You were sent. You were certain who you were going to have. I'm hesitating a little bit, but I think I'm going to stick to my guns. But um, so many people have gone through my thought process. Asselbank were unreal for us. Another player I can't quite believe we ever had. Um, I mean, he may have just slightly been past his peak, but but uh, bloody hell, never seen a guy strike a ball like Asselbank. Um, Viduka, another player of mm-hmm. real ability. Could also frustrate in equal measure. Um, but in the end, I've gone for Slaven. Okay, Slaven, yeah. Yeah. Onside or offside? <laughs> off and on, off and offside, <laughs> really, yeah. God, yeah. Um, no, a final one. Now, you've got laws to pick with. You can. You've got Ravenelli, you've got. Hasselbank, Viduka, Yakubu. Have you seen who I've gone for as well? Have you gone for? Um, oh, good, good shout. Um, I was going to say macaroni. Macaroni for sentimental. For sen- or, or sentimental As a sentimental only. guy, he didn't not, cross my thoughts. Yeah. Not for anything else. I've tried to be quite calculated though with this because we've got that many striking options. I'll let you say who it is. That, gonna... that I think if you were to go sentimental, you'd be missing out on some absolute quality. I've gone for Alan Boxage. Fair enough. I'm not, you know what? I'm not mad at it at all. Great what, my, 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 my abiding memory of Alan Boxic has been one of the only players I've seen who's been able to chip a keeper while the keeper's still not lying. Yeah. He picked the ball up at Leicester at Filbert Street, really. halfway line, weaved in and out. I mean, the keeper literally wasn't on his line, I suppose. He was maybe a couple of yards off, but not that far off that you'd expect him to be lobbed from the air. And he, well, he chipped him, basically. So but like, good. Oh, just like the effortless, though, as well, though. And for a guy who looks like a bit of a lump at times, mm. had a quick turn of pace. And I guess in another way, it was a bit like it was a bit like Viduka in terms of he could frustrate in equal measure. But I just think the pure quality though, and that Croatian era as well, was unbelievable. Like it's sort of Suker and um, Prozanek, uh, and and Stimak at the back and what have you. That that Croatian team, and he was part of that a part of that squad at the time. They just had some fantastic players, and obviously Boxic was just yeah another maverick who mm. it was a typical Robson buy I yeah. think. Um, because Robson obviously had a thing for a maverick, didn't he? And he, he was if you if any buy summed up Robson, it would be Alan Boxic for me, because even though he was aging and probably cost about hundred odd grand a week or something daft at the time, it was worth it just to see him Up every dime, just chip one in like he did, or yeah, just just effortless, he just a glide lock across the pitch, ball just stuck to him. Um, it's not a bad side as well, that you know, it's, it's a really good side that you've picked. I'm not sure how Slaven they get on with at top though, because I think he'd probably get pissed off with him a little bit. I'm thinking Boxage holds the ball up, runs into Slaven, but Slaven's already offside. Both very selfish players though, Slaven. Yeah. I think Boxage being can be quite lazy at times, or could have been quite lazy at times. I can imagine Slaven having a few words, but. Um, think about it this way: if Boxage holds the ball up for Slaven, Slaven's onside chance. If Slaven's offside, Boxage just dinks it in. That's right. Jobs, jobs are good. Yeah, them two definitely. I, I was I was almost wavering towards the end, but no. Um, Slavery and Boxage up top. Okay, so 
now that you've you said you're 11 you're happy with it no changes no I'll changes give you your three subs um, so I know a lot of people wanted the three subs in, put in because they couldn't physically couldn't put an 11 together um, so who would be your three subs and who would be your gaffer uh, three subs I am quite quite certain with these now because it's a little bit easier now I've got the, the option uh, I've gone with Ekiog yeah um, who got Great centre half. Bless him. Um, fantastic centre half. I still remember when we signed him now. He got injured on his debut after about 10 minutes. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, 8 million quid down the drain straight away. You know, it's a typical sort of Borough story, really. But no, it turned out to be an absolutely fantastic centre half for us. And him and Southgate at the back, I mean, that sort of centre half pairing should have been playing for sort of Man United or, yeah. or Arsenal, Liverpool, like that sort of level. Um, there's an argument that they were probably a little bit wasted playing for us, but we're not, we're not going to complain about that, obviously. Oh, no. but, Great once again obviously it was at the Carling Cup final victory so that, that whole team mm-hmm. has, a, has a special place for everybody doesn't it so Ekiog and then I've gone with Robbie Musto oh you know what I'm actually very very happy with that pick he's almost to the point I mean, he probably gets sick of hearing it himself but he unsung hero but I suppose he gets he gets mentioned about being an unsung hero that, that often that I don't suppose you can call him an unsung hero mm-hmm. anymore because he, he does get the credit he deserves probably a little bit, after, a bit too late for him but yeah, Musto. Um, he's seen it all from, you know, the early nineties, uh, Lenny Lawrence sort of era, right up through the Robert Revolution and the McLaren, and then he obviously left then. But um, yeah, he, he consistent. Um, no matter who we were playing with, I mean, he'd gone from most of the workman-like teams of the early nineties to then playing against or playing alongside, sorry, you know, the names such as we mentioned, like your Zegers and your Ravenellis and what have you, Emerson's, all these characters that. You know, and he just quietly went along his business. Um, uh, uh, yeah, just influential at both ends of the pitch. You know, knew where the back of the net was, but it's such an engine to get up and down. He's a sort of player you'd probably bring on when you, either if you're chasing the game, even you could just sort of play some tired legs, or if you wanted to lock a game out, just sort of bring a guy who's just going to run and run and run for mm. the last twenty. But in this team, anyway, in the team of his time, in the team of his time, he was obviously the you know he was he was, he was on the park. But um, yeah, Musto, and then the striker that I mentioned last about Curly, but I've gone with Mark Baduka. I mean, you can forgive him for signing for Newcastle a little bit because he was that good. Yeah, I think he, the way he held the ball, the way obviously the, the, he was lazy at times, but some of the bit of brilliance that he did was just like, unforgettable. And like yeah. I think the thing we had the Duke and Hasselbank up front. At one point is quite phenomenal, but why did you pick Paduka to start? Chelsea. Similar reasons why I picked Boxic to start. That I like a classy player. I like there's there's, there's a there's a honesty about how Hasselbank played. You knew what you were getting. Like I say, yeah, that shot on him, bang, bang, bang. But technically, I mean, apart from obviously the the uh, the way he used to finish, but in terms of the all round sort of uh, sort of dream player you want to watch, Paduka just had it. In a, in, there's obviously a lot of talk about you know he only really turned it on when there was a contract on offer or whatever. <laughs> um, but when he when he turned it on and the, at times he, he was he was consistent in turning it on week in week out. I mean that goal. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about the one at Birmingham where it's oh, on, he, on the edge of the box turns and yeah. for a tight angle. I mean, if if that had been I don't know Ronaldo, oh, I've been uh, for or years, Messi yeah. or whatever, it would have been pontificating about that for for donkeys. But um, yeah, Viduka just his all round play and the fact that he could turn on the sixpence like the ball somehow he managed to squirm his way out of a 
three or four defenders around him and all of a sudden have all this space that he didn't have two seconds earlier um, and yeah just he just knew how to put the ball in the back of the net and so final one um, Gaffer now we put Paul up not Paul we put a com- uh, tweet out this last week saying who was your favourite manager of certain era we had uh, quite a lot you know we had what was interesting was um, Brian Robson and Ayo Karanka were pretty much level for ages for like they weren't like favourite yeah um, like your favourite was like Ian McLaren and Bruce Rio um, but Slaven not I'm not saying Slaven um, Robson and Karanka were level for ages and then I thought you know what I'll put a ball out who, who do you think who would you prefer and obviously Robson won by a landslide in the end but anyway doesn't matter who went for uh, <clears throat> I undenied between two for a while I think the two were quite obvious um, if it had been purely on sentiment Brian Robson would have been would have been would have been the choice all day long uh, you know it's kicked off obviously the magical time that area that area uh, I remember just being in awe of Robson when he signed uh, as, as manager or player manager at the time because obviously I remember him watching watching him playing for Man United uh, only you know the season before he was still getting his game mm. for United as well um, and such a massive name to come to a club that oh, yeah. Was you know probably knocking around yeah, in the map, yeah. second division, which we weren't you know we weren't pulling up any trees, and he came in, changed things. So the sentimental choice would have been Robson, but logically, I think he left. I think he left us feeling a bit cold. But pure success got to be Steve McLaren. Okay, got to be. I think I, I wouldn't criticize anyone for choosing other, obviously, but in terms of success, that is unrivaled. He is unrivaled. It's McLaren pre two thousand seven, of course. Not McLaren after England, um, <laughs> because well, but in terms of a, in terms of Borough tenure, he his success can't be matched at the moment. No, I, don't, I don't know how long it's going to be before someone yeah. matches that. It's madness that he's actually Millsbury's all time well successful manager. You can talk about Robson, but the thing is though, if Robson won those finals, Jesus Christ! Imagine the team we could have had and we stayed up. It's yeah. like kind of like what ifs a little bit, and you think, oh well. It kind yeah. of defined Robson's career because manager-wise, after that, he didn't. I think he saved West Brom one season, but yeah. in his high was clearly his first job with us, and I, I think yeah, I think he could have gone on to be. He could have gone on to a bit. It had been obviously been our most successful manager had he kept us up, had he won them cups and whatnot. And I think it would have been it would have been the making of him as a manager for fifteen twenty years on from that. But I don't think it's any coincidence to see that we kind of failed in the end. Yeah. And as you left, you mentioned earlier about how the booze and that sort of, which is terrible, I think, you know, terrible way to treat someone who's contributed so much. Um, it was then like we had like a Ferrari front three and then uh, Reliant Robin at the back. But not so Reliant at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Robson would have been the sentimental choice, but I just think you, you can't look past Steve McLaren for. Mm. work for what he's done and as I say I would never criticise anyone to choose any other but so there's, there's cases to be made I mean I had a bit of a man crush on Karanka for a while and Karanka even flirted with I even flirted with him a little bit <clears throat> but that would have been um, I love, look, I love that would have been a little bit ridiculous I think in terms of you know sort of what we have achieved really I think it would have been a that would have been a knee jerk mm. choice that one I loved Karanka though I think Karanka was a great gaffer for us at the time Absolutely. especially what we needed Mm. I'd love to see Mowbray with the money that Karanka got um, now Mowbray got yeah. a lot of like 
Moby did brilliant to get rid of all of Strachan's mess. Um, but I would have liked to see him just like you know, like kind of like the what if or what if yeah. he had all that, had that money. See, I feel a bit that's like sentimental a little bit about it. Isn't it? I feel a bit bad now because I think someone said on Twitter the other day that they kind of didn't want Mowbray to get the manager's job because they knew when it inevitably went tits up. That it would go bad. I don't think it's ever. I don't think it'll ever tarnish his. But there was that danger that it, it would just sort of that would be our recent memory and it'd be a little bit disappointing for that to yeah. be the way it was and. I feel a little bit bad now because quite back then I was I was I wasn't vocal in the sense that you heard it on the terraces where people were, you know, bang out of order. I think like really without yeah. But in terms of what I wanted, I, I was I was adamant that it, it was his time to go and. Oh no! It, it um, was it was yeah. the right time, yeah. But I, I kind of felt I was quite insistent on it at the time. So looking back now, there's um, you know every now and again you get your Facebook um, memories pop up, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite amusing uh, every time it comes to sort of this time of year. I, I think it was I, I keep getting like statuses I've written like mugger out mugger <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was like almost every week it was like a standing joke but um, so yeah I kind of feel a bit bad because it was I was probably a little bit um, harsh but it was right for him to go uh, but yeah it would have been interesting to see just how well he would have done with the bit of money that McCrank had got but yeah and it's worth noting obviously he balanced the books and you know he brought a friend in he brought a domer in he brought a lead bitter in um, all the pennies as well yeah and he kind of set the ball rolling for Ayala I know Mark Venus got that over the line didn't he mm-hmm. originally when he had that one or two games in charge but he'd kind of set that ball in motion so you know those players and those players have gone on to be you know cornerstones of success in, in the championship still, still the spine pretty much yeah. well obviously it's changed now yeah but, but it's it's only recent really that they've, they've been you know uh, important players for us so yeah Shame that he didn't get the chances that Crank did, and as I say, Crank had briefly flirted with the idea of, but that would have been more of a knee-jerk choice and a bit of a, probably a, I don't know, probably not quite thinking straight with that one. But uh, Steve McLaren, definitely. Yeah. Right, so let's round this up. Um, thank you very much for, for coming on. No, I really cheers enjoyed that. Cheers for having um, us. Where can everyone find you on Facebook? Uh, you know what? I always Instagram, get, I always get my Twitter handle wrong. Um, Oh, don't use Snapchat. Venmo, everything that was social for everything uh, um, from working in there. Twitter handle, I mean, it's uh, smithy underscore mfc84. Um, website, smithy the Borough fan. Um, it's quite overwhelming, actually, the amount of you know, people who like to who read the stuff, and I really appreciate everybody who, who reads and takes the time to comment. So thank you very much. Um, I've trying to set up a, been trying to set up a Facebook page for a while. But I think it's kind of coincided with the lack of activity at the minute. I've not really sort of took it on um, just yet. But uh, when I when I when I get that set up, I'll probably uh, get it out there. But yeah, um, yeah, Twitter handle and, and my website. Yeah, so if you want to find anything, if you're interested in reading me rambles, I'll be on there. Perfect. So this is the Borough breakdown. We hope you enjoyed it. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.